With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the Steelers Preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, the triumphant trio, Dave Schofield, Steelers superfan, ooper-duper-duper guy, dad, fad, whatever. How's it going, Dave? Hey, it's <laughs> it's going. This is... I'm still riding the high from last Sunday, man. I'm just like... Everything about that is great and fantastic, you know, what a better team. You know, I could I, I almost feel bad for that team that may help the Steelers get to seven. Wait a second. No, I don't. <laughs> With that said, Brian Anthony Davis, what's going on, Brian? Boys, it's Thursday. It's coming week nine. I think I need to celebrate this in song. BD oh, original. Hey, ain't it great? Tonight we're gonna party like it's 1978. <laughs> Is that Prince or is that Brian? I don't know. Yeah, it was, I couldn't tell. You know, it was a match. It is formally known as. All right. Does anyone else find this game? Maybe it's just me, and maybe it's just because I'm exhausted. I don't know. But does anyone else find it that this game in particular, going into week nine, being in the three big matchups the last three weeks? You know, you have Cleveland at home, the first divisional game on the road, undefeated, undefeated Tennessee. Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Baltimore. And then it's like Dallas, yeah. <laughs> which normally is not the, it's, it's normally not that way because I still believe that the Pittsburgh Dallas rivalry is still there. It's, it's as strong as it could be between an AFC North and an NFC East opponent. But I think it's there because I think it's mainly with the fans. The fans don't like Dallas fans. Dallas fans don't like Steeler fans. There's all that stuff. Guys, you find it a little bit hard to get up for this game. Brian, we'll go with you first. 
Not at all, because this on the schedule was going to be a crazy four straight games. Now, I know originally on the schedule, Tennessee wasn't in it, but when it all changed, that foursome was just incredible. So this is the end of the road trip, that three-game road trip that everybody was completely scared of, and this is a team that is absolutely reeling, but there's still a star on the helmet. It's still the mystique. You can still think back, same uniforms that we saw 40-some years ago. It's still there. And it's the Cowboys and the Steeler fans. And I'm sure the teams also feel like they want to beat each other because this is one of the great all-time intra-conference or inter-conference or non-conference rivals. What about you, Dave? What do you think? As the the fan base as a whole, I would say, yes, we, we were kind of talking about this last night on the Know Your Enemy show. And it's it's more of that... What generation is your fan base? If, you know, the younger generation, like even me, who was who was born in 1978, so therefore I'm, I was missing most of that. You know, you still had the, the, the Super Bowl, the 95 season in there. It, this is more of our, of our father's rivals, if you understand yeah. what I'm saying. So for those of us that had the tradition of the Steelers passed down to us from somebody else in our family, from one from the previous generation, yes. For those people that have, and we have plenty of them here, you know, because we have a wide variety um, that in the live chat, listening on the audio platform, visiting behind the still curtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Good plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a wide variety and we have lots of, of people that are just fans because they loved football and the Steelers ended up being their team. Some of them, it's, it's not because this was their mother or father's or grandmother or grandfather's team. So therefore it's not quite the same for those fans, but there's enough of those fans where it's been passed down from generation to generation that it, it's still holding on there. You're right there, Dave. You are right. I will say this, that outside of the fact that we live in Maryland, Okay, and obviously we hate the Ravens fans the most because we're surrounded by them. Number two for me, because they're everywhere as well, are are Dallas fans. I I can't stand Dallas Cowboys fans. I can't stand that organization. I don't like Jerry Jones. 1994, I'm sorry, 1995, Super Bowl 30 still stings with me, Dave. I was young. I mean, so there is my generation, your generation as well. There was that 1970s rivalry rekindled, okay? I didn't like Barry Switzer because he was the coach of the team when they beat the, the Steelers in 1995. Um, I hate Neil Donald because of that, even though Brian has a shrine to him in his house. Um, he loves <laughs> Neil Donald, by the way, if you're just now listening to the show. Um, I, I don't like the Cowboys at all, I, I it, but it's the fans. I could care less about the team because you only see them every four years. It's the fans I can't stand, and Tony Romo. Can't yeah. stand Tony Romo. Shut well, up, Tony Romo. It's enough of you talking so much. Let Jim Nance talk. Sorry. Not all not all Cowboys fans are terrible. I understand legit Cowboys fans. I can't stand the non-legit Cowboys fans. I tried to bring this up before. I don't think I made my point very well. Is that that person like, yeah, oh, yeah, I love the Cowboys. Oh, are you from Texas? No. Is your family from Texas? No. Have you ever been to Texas? No. Why do you like the Cowboys? Because... They they were good, you know. The, yeah, they were good. Well, you know? Steeler fans can't say Steelers too. No, you do. You get a lot. But think about it this way: there's especially people from other countries 
you see the popular teams on television only. Yeah. Now, if you're in the United States, you have to draw the, the you got to connect the dots at some point. And maybe it was that no one in your family followed football and you watch them, you watch them win a Super Bowl and Super Bowl 30 on in 1995. And you like the Cowboys because of that fanhood has to start somewhere. Yeah. But ultimately, like there's people I've talked to that lived in England. And they're like, I like the Steelers because it was the only team they showed on TV when we saw two games a year. And so I just started liking the team. So I get what you're saying. But Ke- Brian, Brian, Kevin what you're Smith's the same way. I mean, he liked yeah. the Steelers because he was wa- as watching as a kid. They were in the Super Bowl. He fell in love with that team. Right. So our our touchdown under guys found them the same way. Um, one because I think one of them loved the colors, black and gold, and then they Madden. started following them because they in Madden and they they were perfect to follow at the time. So you know, and it was the perfect time because it was in the early two thousands when the Ben Roethlisberger was coming in and they discovered these teams. I have, uh, my wife was telling me the other day, we have friends in England that are so close to us that they're actually, we consider them family and they called during the Ravens game and they said, Hey, it's on right now. That's the game we're getting right now. We're watching the Steelers for you. And of course I've outfitted them in so much black and gold. And that's why if I ever wear a soccer jersey that nobody's heard of, because I'm wearing their team, because that's yeah. the only thing that I know. So, yeah, that, that's the way we find these teams. But Dallas and Pittsburgh, they're they're kind of like New England now. But those were the teams that everybody saw back in the 70s. And we didn't have ESPN. We didn't have fantasy football. We didn't have Madden. This stuff was not everywhere. So the small glimpses that you got of these teams were basically on that on that other NFC game. It was always the Cowboys because they were a huge team. And I'm sure for an NFC team, they were seeing the Steelers too because they were the ones that were always nationally televised because they were the big teams. And it was a lasting impression. So Dallas for me is kind of a special team. I hate them a lot. Don't get me wrong. I can't stand them. I will always root against them unless they're playing the Patriots or somebody from the AFC North, and they always let me down when that happens. But, you know, it's just one of those things. I'm still stuck in the craw from Tony Dorsett when he was Tony Dorsett back when he was a pit, goes to Dallas, and uh, the J.R. Ewing hats and all this, and Hollywood Henderson days with uh, saying Bradshaw can't spell cat if you supply him the C and the T, and he's snorting Coke on the sidelines in an inhaler. It's an amazing thing. I mean, they, they were the anti-teams. Like like uh, it was said, yes, RJ said it yesterday on, on the show, on Know Your Enemy. You know, this Steelers are known as a blue-collar team. This was a country club team, and they were the antithesis of each other. You had the JR, like I said, the JR Ewings from Dallas and that show. That was the epitome of what the Cowboys were, were and the Steelers were your steel workers, your blue collar guys, that, the, the pride. And so they clashed, and it was perfect. It, it was a great picture of America at the time, and it still kind of remains that way. Good, I, I just want to say before before we go on, and I said that because I said that about Cowboys fans, I really should should say this more than anything. I can't stand uninformed fans, fans that claim they're really big fans and they don't know anything. Oh, yeah. Like when you run into a Cowboys fan here that says, yeah, Dak Prescott's going to tear up the Steelers this weekend. <laughs> so you hate all Bengals fans. Really, yeah. Well, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? If you're going to be a fan, at least know – 
No, Tony Romo is calling the game. He's still not quarterbacking, you know? <laughs> so don't say you're a, fa- a really big fan and then not know. I mean, you don't have to be like this. I mean, Brian could probably tell you, I know I can, every player on the Steelers practice squad. But guess what? I don't expect that. But at least know, at least know a little bit of what's going on. You should. You're right. Go ahead, Brian. I just wanted to jump on that with Dave. You know, I remember back in the day when the Penguins were starting to get really good and they were they were winning cups and fans came all on the bandwagon. And then you had those fans that just loved the Penguins and they tell you how much they love the Penguins. Yeah, I love that Lemmy Ux and that Jagger guy. Those guys are great. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, like, not Lemmy Ox. Yeah. But do they know Jim Pack? That's the question. Do you Jimmy know Jimmy Pack? Pack? <laughs> Number two. Yeah. Exactly. I know Jimmy Pack. <laughs> okay, now but I will say this. My wife cringes. I mean, she gets nervous. I don't because I'm not going to do anything ridiculous. If we were in a social <laughs> gathering of any kind and someone says, I'm a huge Steeler fan. She gets so nervous because she's like, oh, my gosh, there's no way they know this team as well as Jeff. He's going to ask them these questions and they're not going to know it and they're going to feel like an idiot. Now, I don't do that. I really don't. I mean, you all might laugh because you could see me doing that. But I'm oh, yeah. like, oh, <laughs> no, but it's like one of those situations where like, oh, yeah, you're a Steeler fan. What do you think about the team this year? Oh. Haven't been following them too much. Like I caught one game, and it's like, okay, you're not you're not that big of a fan. Like I haven't no. missed a game in I don't know decades. That's so Ironically, good, that's how we first started talking. That's the exact thing you said to me. What? How do you think they're going to do this year? And it was June. Yeah. You got to feel. You got to get a feel for the. Yeah. And then I, I used to work with someone. I'm not going to say where I work or who I worked with. And she declared herself the the biggest, the number one Steeler fan in the world. And so I would always say, like, what do you think about um, the draft class that they just got? Oh, who'd they get? You lost all <laughs> credibility with me. If you claim to be the number one fan, you have to know who they just drafted. And then I would say, you'd be like, oh, she'd be like, oh, a kid, I'm a teacher. So a student would say, like, oh, where'd that guy play in college? And she wouldn't know. It's like, come on. You have to know your team. I mean, yeah. you don't have to know which where the X, Y, and Z receiver are in a three wide receiver set. You don't have to know that, but you should definitely know where Ben Roethlisberger went to college. <laughs> you yeah. should know that <laughs> that's common knowledge, which was very disappointing because my niece goes to that college right now Ooh. and didn't know that. Uh. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Heck, I, what? Want, I want you to know where he went to high school. Yeah, I want Finley. you to say Finley. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. That's why my wife loves you guys because I have someone else that actually cares about these kinds (laughs) of things that I can talk to. Well, yeah, I'll I'll say this. Jeffrey Benedict put it, put it perfectly. There's one day we were in our Slack channels. I don't know what it was going on. I was mad at the questions asked in a press conference. There were questions about Mm -hmm. helmet decals and not about like the offensive line itself. The questions that fans should want to know, like, what about this upcoming game? And they're like, well, what do you think about this player wearing this sticker? Come on, do something that's actually related to football. And you know what he said? Jeffrey Banks said, Jeff, he said, the average fan just goes to ESPN or they go to CBS Sports. The diehard fan comes to behind the steel curtain because they don't yep. get the sticker articles. They get the, this is why Avery Williamson fits well with the Steelers. And it's a film breakdown. You learn something. So there you go. 
All right. Speaking of Avery Williamson, I want to start there. I want to get your thoughts. And honestly, honest to goodness, I don't know. I haven't talked to you all really about your thoughts on this trade outside of Dave a little bit. We talked a little bit about it uh, recently, but still, Brian, we'll start with you since I have no idea what you think. You They, they trade a 2022 fifth round pick, the Steelers do, and they get Avery Williamson, let's say for this year, like a rental player. And then they give up, uh, they get a 2022 seventh round pick. So nothing in this upcoming draft. Brian, what were your thoughts when they made the trade? So basically they're moving down 45 spots. Cause you know, the jets are going to be pretty much at the top of the seventh round. I mean, even in, in a 2020, hey, they might turn around next season and win a game or two. Yeah. But you know, there's still, I mean, huge improvement. Yeah. You're just <laughs> nowhere to go, but up. <laughs> you're trading down. That's it. You're, you're moving down spots. You don't even lose a draft pick and you're getting a tackling machine that if he leaves next year, Guess what? You're getting Get all Dave's comp, comp formulas. Dave's going to be, I, I know his comp formulas are going crazy in his brain right now. I mean, he's going crazy with comp, but this is the kind of guy that is so elated to be here that you, who knows? He might stick around. You never know what's going to happen with this guy. But here's the deal no matter what he does this year, because it's really tough to come into a situation in week nine, and especially he's going to take a week off because of COVID, so you're not going to really see him until week 10, to get to know that entire defense. But this is guy's a really intelligent guy. He knows he knows Bud Dupree real well. He knows a lot of these players. He's been in contact with them, and I really feel like he's the kind of guy that is going to study. He seems like a high-character guy as well. So i I'm sure he's going to be paying dividends somewhere. It is not a demotion for a guy like Robert Spillane. Robert Spillane needs some time off. He can't be going 100% of the time on defense. He yeah. needs to be spelled. So you got to spell Spillane is really what you've got to do. And so this is not a demotion. This is a situation for Robert Spillane. He's like, I'm getting help. This is awesome. So this is a guy, I listened to him the other day when he was on the fan the very next day. In fact, He's already going to be on every week on the fan. They've already signed him up. That's wow. how that's how excited they are for this guy. And he was really well spoken. He seems like the kind of guy that you just want to bring in. The Steelers were looking at him big time in free agency just two years ago. So Mike Tomlin knows all about this guy. Mike Tomlin's a guy that you want to play for. This is a really good trade because other teams will see what happens with a guy going from 0 and 8 to a 7-0 team, and if they finish very strong or with the sticky Lombardi, they're going to look at this and go, hey, that's the place to be. Avery Williamson went there. He has glowing things to say about it. it it's a win all the way around. You really can't lose this deal. You didn't lose anything. Yeah. Dave, what were your thoughts on the trade for Avery Williamson? Loved what they gave up for him, which was basically nothing. Yep. Um, love the salary they took on, only hitting – uh, about 1.45, a little bit more than just under one and a half million dollars for the rest of the season. You know, that's a big plus. The one of the biggest things that I didn't want with the Steelers making moves when people were emailing me and asking me about other things, I'm like, don't mess up the locker room. You don't want to bring in someone who pushes somebody else out that's something that that guys care for. You also don't want to bring in someone that's just going to kind of upset things a little bit and 
I feel that they they found the right fit, not just for a position that they needed, but from everything that I've seen so far from him, they've got the right guy, attitude, teammate-wise, coming in. I'm hoping I'm right. I can't say for sure until it all happens, but from everything I've heard, when Jets fans are happy for him that he's going to be playing for a good team because he was the one guy that was still playing hard and trying to rally the team to, come on, guys, let's let's keep going. You know, when other guys are just, you know, weaseling their way out and getting released so they can end up on Super Bowl contenders. You know, he was still doing it the right way. Didn't ask for a trade. They just did it. So I already like him and he hasn't even stepped on the field yet. Jeffrey Benedict did a great article for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It was a film room about breaking down what he does well, what he doesn't do well. It's still on the page. You can check it out or you can just Google it and you'll you'll find it for sure. But here's what Mike Tomlin had to say Tuesday about Williams. I'm giving you the Cliff's Notes version here. Um, obviously, Williamson did go to Kentucky with Bud Dupree. So Mike Tomlin met him at Bud Dupree's Pro Day, said he has a passion for football. So they just kind of naturally gravitated towards one another to talk about the game. He was drafted by Tennessee, which has a very similar system to Pittsburgh, not just in schematics, but also in verbiage. So he's going to be there hoping he can pick up the defense quickly. Definitely fortifies depth. He's a known commodity. Uh, he wasn't sure if he'll be available this Sunday. I know that Keith Butler talked about that a little bit today um, during his media session. And he said that, you know, it, it's probably just too early. They, they, because of the COVID restrictions, they couldn't even get him in the building until Saturday. They've just been working virtually with him. So he said he hopes they don't need him on sun, on Sunday, meaning that, Everything's fine. Everyone's healthy. Uh, but he said he's also a person a person capable of supporting both Vince Williams and uh, Spilly, Robert Spillane. And to, uh, so there's a good chance that this might be he is the guy that comes in when one of those guys needs a break. He's definitely not the athlete that Devin Bush is. He's not the uh, athlete that UG3 is. He's a different type of player. The Steelers are still going to have to get creative, I think on how they want to deploy their linebackers against some more athletic, you know, running backs that might be in the slot, tight ends that are definitely active. You think about Travis Kelsey, the the most recent film on Avery Williamson was not very good trying to cover Travis Kelsey, but to his credit, Travis Kelsey makes a lot of people look silly. Just so you know that. <laughs> Keep that and he had teammates that were the New York Jets. Yeah, they're probably not trying much. <laughs> could you imagine though, just real quick before we move on, could you imagine literally you're on an, an O and eight team. I don't know. Are they O and eight, right? Or O and seven. They're O and eight. O and eight. They're O and eight. And you just think, holy cow, I'm in a contract year. Like this is it. This is how my career is going to go down. I'm I might be lucky if I even get an offer next year. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers, the only undefeated team, seven and O says, Yeah, we want you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> get out of here. This has nothing to do with like Pittsburgh being a great football town. Just the opportunity itself, I guarantee you this guy will do anything they ask him to do, and he'll do it 100%, no doubt about it. So he seems like a good guy, seems like a high-character guy, seems like a guy that Pittsburgh Steelers would want to trade for. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So, all right, I want to get started uh, talking about the, the Cowboys, but first, Dave, give us the updated injury report. Reminder for all those people listening in audio platform, this is a Thursday night show, so if you're listening on Friday at noon, you probably won't see the report yet, but if you're listening later, they might have already had the uh, game status released. But Dave, what do we have right now? All right. Well, I was kind of hopeful that the only player that you would see not practicing was Tyson Alualu because he was there. He's not. They playing. said he's going to miss some time. I'm not 
I'm not holding out hope for him coming back, especially it's not with Cam Hayward practicing fully both days. They didn't even put him on the injury report yesterday to start. They kind of forgot about it. They're like, oh, yeah. I guess you better put Cam on there, or else it might he look bad. He did make that injury at the end of the game against the Ravens. <laughs> so, but of course, Tyson Alalu did not practice. I would, I would be, I would be stunned if he's anything but DNP out no, tomorrow on playing. Friday. He's not he's playing. Not playing. Okay. The thing that's quite interesting is Stefan Wisniewski did not practice for the second straight day. Who okay. just came? Who just came back? Here's the deal with him. They started practicing him three weeks ago. They either had to keep him on IR for the rest of the season or bring him back. So the question is, did he re-injure or did they bring him back and start him before they should have? Well, so, I have a theory on that, and that okay. is that they had to bring him back or yeah. else they would lose him. So it might be an injury where they're like, it's going to be a couple more weeks mm-hmm. for him to actually be back. We can't we, – we, we want him as depth, but – we have to make a decision. We have to make a move. We started the clock on him. So because of that, you bring him in, but he's basically going to be inactive every week until he's fully healthy, which makes it tough though. When you're looking at the practice squad and and the players they have, I think they're fine at guard and at center, to be honest with you. I think they, I think they can be patient with him. That's my thing. Yeah. I, I, I look for him to not to, to, to be the lineman who's inactive. But when they brought him back, I know we still got to get the rest of the of the injury report. But when they brought him back, they didn't get one of the, get rid of one of their other linemen. They're carrying more than one more than normal. They you you know they they've been dressing eight, carrying nine. Right now they're carrying ten. But you're going to have to do something whenever you bring in Williamson. So rather than do the lineman move early in the week, they brought him in, and that's when they put UG three on the IR. So I think when Williamson comes in, they're going to have to you know, release one of their linemen and try to get him back on the practice squad, most likely. But he didn't practice. The other one that's a little bit concerning, someone who was limited yesterday and then did not practice today, was Isaiah Bugs. So I know some people were talking about you know Bugs against the run, against the Cowboys. Jeffrey brought this up last night, and you guys know he had it. He put it on our Slack channel during the game. He's like – Wow, they must have given him some really good stuff at halftime because he was favoring his ankle so bad in the first half, and then he comes out in the second half and and, and plays lights out. He was he was that was part of his problem. In the first half is he was playing hurt, so it is an ankle. He was limited yesterday, didn't practice today. It'll be interesting to see what happens on Friday to see if you know. Once again, we're gonna maybe we'll have him limited and questionable, and then play him, but give him something for it like they did last week especially with Alu Alu out because he doesn't want to miss time. He was inactive the week before. So this was, this is his chance with someone else being injured. Um, But we'll see. I would not be surprised if one, if Brian's son ends up getting a helmet down on on Sunday, that's a possibility. But for everyone else, everyone else was full participation except for Mike Hilton was once again limited. So it'll be interesting to see how he is. So real quick, before we get to Brian's take on some of these injuries, Never anyone noticed that Chris Wormley, who missed a game because of a knee, just I guess he's fine. He's back. No, he's on IR. He went to IR. When did he Chris Wormley IR. go to IR? Oh, uh, they put oh, him on IR with um with uh Trey Edmonds. Yep. So this would tell me so let's let's just play this game then. If Bugs can't go. You're out Bugs and Alawala. You have to give Brian's son a helmet. And 
Monday. Unless you wanted to promote 6'9 Calvin Taylor from the practice squad. Sheesh. That's oof, man. I would say, yeah, I would I would say he's probably <sighs> if Bugs can't go, then Davis is going to play. Well, not well, he's going to dress. He would be your fifth guy. Yeah, and let me and also say, don't they they can't rush Hilton. They can't rush Hilton back. If Mike Hilton is in any way, shape, or form a danger of hurting that shoulder again, whether it's with a hit or someone blocking him, sit him out. Let him get healthy. Let him get healthy. You need him for the stretch run, and that's the way the Steelers should be thinking. Dave's doing mental math right now. No, I think David, even if Bugs can go, I think Davis still gets a helmet because I think they only have four right now with with um right. Mm-hmm. Mondo, Cam, Mondo to it. To it. Cam, you know, Cam, Mondo to it. And Bugs. If Bugs can't go, then yeah, they got to. No, but they, I mean, they, they dress five. So Bugs, it's going to be. Bugs is going to play. Well, I I mean, it's, but it's still going to be Davis. I think will at least get a helmet. And then if Bugs can't go, they're going to have to promote. Well, you think they're a proud father there, Brian Anthony Davis. Your son might get to play this Sunday. I hope you're excited. Oh yeah, I mean we've we've been really uh, we've been planning for this moment for a long time. So you know, I'm really I'm really proud of uh, my boy Carlos. You know, I mean, and my nephew Sean. Hopefully, he'll get some <laughs> he'll get some action in there too. Um, <laughs> yeah. So everything that you said, this is where you're going to find out all the answers to your questions, Dave. I mean, I know you've talked about a few guys on there to talk about the Wisniewski thing. When you see Hassenhauer status, you're going to know whether Wisniewski's fine or not. Because if Hassenhauer is still on the roster on the 53, then you know that Wisniewski's not fine. So that's pretty much. But remember back in 1995, you carried Rod Woodson for an entire season with an ACL (laughs) injury. And uh, just to get him back for that one game for the Super Bowl. And he played in that game. So they knew that they had an opportunity to get him back. This is a situation you just don't want to shut the door on Wisniewski. That's why they're doing it. That makes sense. Cam Hayward, I love you. I just want you to say this. Practice this now. I'd like to thank the Academy. Because that is (laughs) definitely going to come up. And I told my dad about that today. He's like, really? That happened? I'm like, yeah. You know what? Dad. He did, and he wasn't going to get back to the line. It could have been a five-year penalty. He goes, smart then. <laughs> so that's all he said. He said, I didn't realize it. I'm like, yeah, Jeff pointed it out, and I'm like, absolutely. Like I said, it wasn't a, it wasn't Emmanuel Sanders. It wasn't no, that. It wasn't that. It wasn't bad. that. <laughs> I, 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 Cam was hurting. I just think if if that if that play would have been incomplete, what was fourth? Was that fourth down? I was going to say, if it wasn't fourth down, it would have been incomplete, and they were running another play. I think he was ready to go right there at that spot. But that's me. Yeah. So the the Steelers, believe it or not, in my opinion, they're they're pretty good health right now. I mean, if we're talking about you know Isaiah Bugs, we hope he plays and we hope he's healthy and we hope that Mike Hilton gets back and he's healthy. But they're they're a really pretty healthy team coming. As what about the Cowboys, Dave? What's their uh, status look like? It's basically the same as yesterday. I'm pretty sure they were the, the exact same. Changed. Okay, the yeah, that it was. Same. I knew it was the same three players, <laughs> and I thought they were the same designations. You had a limited Ezekiel Elliott with a hamstring, you had a limited Alden Smith with a knee, and you had a did not practice punter Chris Jones with an abdomen. Yeah, a- a- abdomen. Sorry. Um, that last night on No Your Enemy, RJ's like, we don't even have a punter, is what he was saying. That he, he thinks he's not going to play, but uh, well, I don't know. They, 
they don't need a punter with all those interceptions. Yeah. Need but uh, really, breaking news on the injury front. I just want everybody to know, I like to break news every once in a while. Dun, 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 dun. Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton, out. <laughs> there you have it. Now, I know that Brian will appreciate this. When, when Dak Prescott hurt his ankle, do you know what that reminded me of? Jason I, Kent, Jason Kendall. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it was 1994, maybe Three River Stadium. He's running out of bunt, hits first base, rolls his ankle, mm. it dislocates, terrible. and he breaks it, and he keeps going because he's sprinting. They, the trainers come out, they zoom down, you can see his bones sticking out of his Ugh. sock. They had to put this, just all they did is put a towel over. He's screaming obscenities. This is live television, folks. It's, I remember it's the Fourth of July. I think we're watching this. My dad's like, "Oh, that's bad." I said, that's really bad. <laughs> and then he told me to get him a beer. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> so, with the injuries, uh, and we'll talk about some of those injuries coming up here on the second half. Here on the audio side, we're going to take a quick break and go over to part two. Uh, you'll get our X factors over under trivia predictions, all that good stuff there. If you're watching live on YouTube, don't go anywhere because we're not going anywhere. We'll see you right after this break. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.